Hi, I'm Pastor B. Welcome to Bible Surfing Tuesday. I've got two words that if you use whenever you pray, you will have tremendous results. Now, these two words come in a set of five. So there are five two words. When you use them in your prayers or incorporate them in your prayers, you will have tremendous results. The first is the one I call I worship. I love that. We know about iMac, we know about iPad, we know about iPhones. Now I'm introducing to you I worship. I worship is saying to God, I worship you. I adore you. It's exactly what Jesus wanted us to do when he talked to us about the pattern of prayer. His disciples asked him, say, Lord, teach us how to pray. He now told them, this is the pattern you need to adopt whenever you pray. He said, number one, when you come to God the Father, recognize that you need to hallow Him, the Father of all creation in heaven. Say, hallowed be your name. So when you come to God, always say, I worship you. Don't start prayers with your problems. Don't start prayers thinking only about yourself. Always start prayers by recognizing the Father of grace, the Father of mercy and worship him. Take a few minutes to worship him. How you start your prayers will always tell God if it is about your problem, if it is just about you, or if it is all about God. When you put God first, you will never be last. So I love um, David. David understood this concept. I mean, some of his some of his um, Psalms and some of the Psalms written by Korah depicts this to a point that I just am um, in awe of God. Like a good example is in Psalm 63 verse 1. Uh, this was a psalm written by David while he was in the wilderness, running around in the wilderness away from Saul. And that verse 1 goes thus. It said, Oh God, thou art God. He said, Early will I seek thee. Can you see somebody that is on the run? running for his life, fearful for his life, he's putting God first. He's longing for a moment to spend in God's presence. He said, early, when I wake up, I will seek thee. He said, my soul thirsted for thee. He said, my flesh longeth for thee. He said, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land. Isn't that awesome? He said, where no water is. I love the song. I mean, there's this. I mean, there's a song that goes thus. Some of those old songs don't sing them anymore. It's early will I seek thee. My soul is thirsting for you. For your love is better than life. For your love is better than life. I love the song. I'll say it again. Early will I seek you. My soul is thirsty for you. For your love is better than life. I love the song. When it's another one, I think it was written by Korah, uh, Psalm 42, verse 1. And it, also, it talks about the sense of urgency for God's presence. How desperate 
are you for God's presence? How, 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 how insatiable do you get when you can't get enough of his presence? As the deer path is gone, the waters of my soul longer after thee. Desire and I long to worship you. Oh, you are Lord, are my strength and my shield. You alone am my saying always start your, your prayers by saying Lord I worship you I thank you I adore you I praise you you are this you are that your loving kindness consumes me your love is everlasting your mercy is in you every morning I mean start with adoration and you will not go wrong. In that same Psalm 42, verse 7, the Bible talks about deep calling to the deep. Let your soul, let your spirit call for God. Let I mean get deep into adoring God that you will feel his waves and his billows all over you. Try this. Whenever you want to start praying, just start with adoration. Forget your needs, forget your problems, forget your in the reason why you even came, just adore God. It gets to a point in that place of worship that you feel His presence all over you. The next two word uh, phrase that you also need to incorporate in your prayers is you said. That is awesome. Whenever you come to God and say you said, you get His attention. Because even as a father, whenever my kids come to me and say, Dad, you said you would do this. You said you would buy this for me. I hold everything. Even if I wanted to say, oh, um, if they come to me for a request, I was like, oh, forget that. Uh, we'll do that later. Uh, there's no money for it. But once they say, Daddy, you said, I freeze because I try to the best of my ability to raise my kids in such a way that they will not have a wrong perception of God because how they perceive you as a father is the same way they will perceive God so I'm very 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 careful so whenever they put my word or or say my word back to me whatever promise I have made to them and they remind me of that promise that is the end I cannot say no I must do whatsoever that I have said I would do. Just trying to give them the best impression 
of who God is, of who a father should be. Because the relation, how I raise my kids, is that I raise them such a way that they need to be close to God. They need to see God as a father, not just as God, but as a father. This is the only religion that the God that we worship is not just our God that we should be fearful, you know, always in His presence. But he is a father and we are his children. So I create that impression, I teach it to my kids. And the best way to teach it is to be it. So whenever they come and say, Dad, you said, that is it. Once I have said it, I must do it. That is exactly how God also behaves. Once you come to God with his word and you say his word back to him and you remind him of his word, you say, hey, even God said, Call me to remembrance. Bring me to remembrance. Anything that I have said I will do, remind me. That is a sure faith. Because when I know that God has said he will do something, and I bring those promises in the place of prayer back to him, I stand in faith knowing that his word is sure. That heaven and earth will pass away, but his word, his promises to me will never pass away. His words are, are like, if those are better, do all those gambling. His words are like a sure bet. You can bank on God's word and you can go to bed knowing that his word will come to pass. So rather you wrestle God with his words than wrestle with your own strength all your life. Stop struggling. Stop trying to make things happen. Go to the word. Locate what he has said in his word and bring it before him. Say, Lord, you said this. Once you bring it before him, he cannot deny you that request. So far, he has said it. A good example is um, Jacob. Jacob, all his life has been wrestling. He depended so much on his craftiness. He depended so much on his strength. He wrestled with his brother. He wrestled 20 years and toiled 20 years with Lot. He has been wrestling with his brother. So he got tired of being in exile. He wanted to go back home. On his way home, he sent a party ahead of time. Some spies came and told him, hey, your brother is waiting for you with, I think, 300 or 400 men waiting for you to come and he's going to kill you. And he knew that he needed to sort himself out that night. And the Bible says, that night, he went to God in prayer. Genesis 32, verse 9. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and the God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saith, saith unto me. So he went to God in prayer. After he hallowed him by saying, you're the God of my father, you're the God of my grandfather, he now said to God, you said, <laughs> you said, always bring God's word back to him. He said, Lord, you said, what did God say? He said, you said unto me, return unto your country and to thy kindred and I will deal with thee. Say, return to your country, return to your kindred, and I will deal with thee. He reminded God his promise 
he told God, you are the one that said I should go back to my father's land. And I'm on my way now and I'm hearing the assassins have been sent to kill me. So you cannot ask me to return for me to die. That means you have a better plan. So he reminded God his word to him. And guess what? You know the story. The brother's heart was melted by the time they met for the first time. And he welcomed him back home. And the rest is history, as it is said. So the fuel of an intercessor are the promises of God. When you take his promises back to him, when you take his word back to him, it fuels your intercession. When you remind God of what he said and call him to be faithful to his word. Because when, whenever you say, Lord, you said, you always call him to be faithful to his word. And we know God. He said he's faithful. He's a faithful God. And we know that about him. So calling God or reminding God of his promise brings out another attribute of God and makes that attribute work for you. And that attribute is his faithfulness. Isn't that awesome? The Bible says something in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all the promises of God are yea and amen. All of them, all his words to us is always yes. There is no no with God. Mm -mm. Whenever I teach this, people are like, what do you mean? God at times says no. God never says no to any of his promises. Because if God says no to any of his promises, that means he's a liar. And we know he doesn't lie. The Bible says based on two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. So if God says that all, not some, not a few, say all his promises are yea and amen, I believe it. I choose to believe that. I don't know about you. You can choose that God says yes and at times he says no. That is your choice. But I've chosen to believe that God always says yes. He might say, wait, not yet time, but he will never say no. Never. I'm yet to say it in my Bible. Whenever God says he will do something, he will do it. The things that you receive a no answer, not what I said. I didn't say the things that God says no to. No. I say your prayers that don't get answered are either because you are not praying his word or you are going contrary to his word or he's the one I agree with. The Lord is saying, wait, not yet time. Because God is never late. He's also never early. He's always right on time. So delay might not be denial. You need to know that. But delay from God when you pray his word back to him is never a no. Verse, uh, that's scripture in Corinthians from the NLT. I love it. The Bible says, for all God's promises have been fulfilled. <laughs> have been fulfilled. Past tense. Moses has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So has been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. Hallelujah. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God's glory. So God will do those things he has said he will do for his own glory. And let's hurry along. The third set of two words you must incorporate in your prayer is I know. I know. What does I know mean? I know is a stance of faith. I know he's saying, Lord, I know you are able to do this. I know he's also saying to God that, hey, I come in faith, not in pride. 
The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So God wants you to come, to come to him by faith and in faith. Don't come fearful. Don't come not to show. Don't come with one complex of inferiority. You are a son. You are a joint heir with Christ. Come in faith. Say, Lord, I know. I always do this whenever I pray. Say, Lord, I know you will not back away from your word. Say, Lord, I know because you've done it in the past. You know, whenever you remind yourself of God's past blessings and miracles, your faith is strengthened. Say, Lord, I know you are well able. Just like the three Hebrew students said to, to, to Nebuchadnezzar. They said to Nebuchadnezzar, hey, if you choose to throw us in the fairy furnace, it's your choice. You're the king. If you choose not to throw us into the fairy furnace, it's also your choice. But know this for sure, that the God we serve will save us. They say they know, they know, they know about God's salvation. That the God we serve is well able to save us. That is a stance of faith. These are kids that knew about the power of God, that knew about the might of God. They knew that God is strong. Despite they are living in the land of exile, they never lost faith in God. They never lost sight of the Most High God. So the same thing, you can throw us, it's your choice. You refuse to throw us, but know something for sure, we'll never, never bow to that graven image because God is well able. That is a stance of faith. So I incorporate that in your prayers. Always say, Lord, I know you're able to do this. Lord, I know from your word you've done it in the past. I know from my life you've done it in the past. Now you will do it. So I know when you use the word I know, always recall God's nature of love, God's nature of faithfulness, God's nature of grace and mercy, his loving kindness, his character of salvation, his punctuality being right on time. Also recall his character of turning things around for good. Say, Lord, I know you will turn this situation around for good. Say, Lord, I know that you are merciful. Say, Lord, I know you are gracious. Say, Lord, I know your love because I know this particular situation will change. Awesome. Let's move on. Now, the fourth two-word phrase that you must incorporate in your prayer is Jesus' name. <laughs> we all know about this. Always pray in the name of Jesus. Don't pray through Jesus. Don't pray in his sake, but pray in his name. I read somewhere that every year about $6 billion of gift cards are left unredeemed. Read my lips. Every year, $6 million worth of gift cards are left unredeemed. Think about it. So those gift cards are like God's promises hanging around, available for every Christian, and yet, we go through the month, go through the week, go through the year without redeeming it. Jesus said something in John chapter 16. He said, in that day, you will ask me nothing. He said, hey, very I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. That is, if you ask the Father in my name. Say, he will give it to you. Say, hitherto you have asked me nothing. He now said, hey, ask 
and ye shall receive that the glory that your joy might be full. Awesome. And I said in John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, I said, For whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I, Jesus, will do it. Always ask in his name. Like I said earlier, don't ask through in the name of Jesus. Don't ask in Jesus' sake. No, ask in the name of Jesus. Why the name of Jesus, when you ask in the name of Jesus, you are pending Jesus' signature as your co-signatory, as a co-heir of salvation on that check so the bank can honor the check. Because anytime there is a joint signatory to an account, both signatories must sign. The saints of old know about this. They said in Proverbs that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and they are saved. Now, let me tell you something. Why is it important that we ask in the name of Jesus? We ask in the name of Jesus because the promise was made to Abraham and to his seed. The Bible never said that the promise was made to Abraham and his seeds. Because if he had said seeds, then that promise will only be for the Jews. But the Bible did not say that. Paul, making this clear to us in Galatians chapter 3, he said, see, now to Abraham and his seed where his promises made to. He now said that God never said to his seeds, but he said to his seed, singular, meaning he was referring to Christ. He said that promise was made to Abraham and his seed down the line, which is Christ. And he now said that if we are Christ, then we are heirs of that promise. That is why we pray in the name of Jesus. That is why when we present God's promises to him, we come in the name of Jesus. Now, the last two-word phrase you must incorporate in your prayer is thank you. <laughs> always thank God you know we were taught growing up that you say thank you when you receive something when you receive a gift you will express your thanks by telling the person thank you we see how faith also shows up in prayers when you come to God in prayer and you come in faith and you come by faith what is faith? faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith acts as if it has the result. So when you come to God in prayer, you need to act as if you have the result. And one of the best ways to show that you have really gotten the result and you know it is to act as if you've received it after prayer. That is the greatest show of faith. So I come to God in prayer and I do what I am supposed to do after I receive the gift because I know that God's word is here and amen because I know that God is well able to do that thing because the faith I have in him and in the finished work of Christ and in his word, when I come and make my request, as I end the request, because I know God has said that his ears are open to hear. Because I know God has said that his arm is not short that he cannot save us. Because I know that it is a light thing for the Lord to do. After I have made my request, I say thank you as an evidence 
of things not seen. That is faith. I thank him. I start another session of thanksgiving. <laughs> the way at the beginning I started with adoration, I end with a session of thanksgiving. This thanksgiving is a show of faith. It is a pre-miracle thanksgiving service. When you engage in that kind of thanksgiving service, you make God uncomfortable on the throne. When he sees you thank him for something you are yet to receive physically, though he has given it to you in in spiritual places, you make him uncomfortable. He will put the angels on their toes till you receive it physically. Now, the Bible says that faith and patience, by faith and patience, the men of old, the covenant men, our fathers, received the promise. Patience is after you've prayed in faith, you think in faith. <laughs> that is patience. One of the ways you show that you are patiently waiting for God is that you keep thanking Him. Anytime you remember that situation, you don't go back again and say, Father, do it. You say, Father, thank you because I know you've done it and I have received it. I have though I'm yet to see it, I know I will see it in the name of Jesus. So you thank in faith. So the first is I worship, just a recap. The second is you said, you take his word back to him, you remind him of his word. The third is I know, based on your faithfulness, on your ability, on your power, you will come through for me. The fourth is Jesus' name. Always pray in the name of Jesus. Then the fifth two word phrases that you must have in your prayers is thank you. Put these five phrases to work Always incorporate them in your prayers and you will step into a realm where impossibilities become possible. Father, I pray for this one. As they incorporate these phrases into their prayers, Father, come true for them. I thank you ahead of time because I know miracles will abound and we will always return the glory back to you. We thank you because I know that you will change lives this week. I know you will change lives this month. I stand with them right now, whatever they are believing for. I agree with them and I say, Lord, come through for them in accordance with your word. Release angels right now to go, to go, walking behind the scenes. Angels that excel in strength until they bring to them the answers to their prayers. Everyone that is sick listening to me, I command that sickness to leave your bodies and I ask for strength from above to infuse your body in the name of Jesus. Now, if you listen to me and you are yet to give your life to Christ, you have an opportunity to do that. Just say after me, say, Lord God, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for sending Jesus here to die. I believe in him. I know that he died and he resurrected from the dead. And I thank you for his sacrifice. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've said that prayer, let us know. Go to this website, our website, and fill the form. And we'll get back to you. And we'll help you along your way. Go this week and prosper. Go this week and succeed. Go this week and receive answers to your prayers. No prayer you pray will ever fall to the ground again. Bye.